This is Mark Stein. After three years in COVID, Stan, it's time to get out of town. So join me on the 2023 Mark Stein cruise, sailing from Italy to Croatia, Montenegro, Greece, for a full week of sun, sea, and civilizational collapse. I'll have special guests from around the world, from America, Canada, Australia, Britain, Europe, and we'll do all the things you like about the Mark Stein Show and Stein Online, but close up and on water. More details at steinonline.com or marksteincruise.com. The Stein Online Clubland Q&A begins right now. Everybody, it's your guest host for the regular guest host. Uh, it's Laura Rosen Cohen sitting in for uh, Andrew, who is also sitting in for uh, Mark, who's recovering, as you know, from his heart attacks. And first of all, just from the bat, want to say, be well, Mark. We are all praying for you um, and hope that your recovery and convalescence is going well. We know you're surrounded by babes and good cheese, so that's all good. Um, I am not going to be doing the time signatures. I think I've told you before, I think having children just, you know, did something to my brain. I can't process those kind of facts multiple time zones. All I can tell you is it is now 3.01 Eastern time where I am sitting in Toronto, Southern Ontario, Canada, and uh, it is close to, but we still have time before the Jewish Sabbath, which uh, by me is going to be at 4.37. So I'm going to be with you till four. And we've got lots of good questions that have come in already. Um, but before we get to questions, um, I'd like to say that it is neat to be here on January 6th. So, hey, happy Insurrection Day. Am I allowed to say that? <laughs> Well, I said it anyways. Um, and we can talk about that a little bit more. Um, if the Americans listening want to talk about what's going on with the Republicans. You may or may not. Um, and the other thing I thought of is we can say happy cutlet day. Did you guys hear about this? I'm going to tell you this is kind of amusing. Um, now, not that the situation in Iran is amusing at all. It's really heartbreaking and uh, all the clips that I see just are so awful this barbaric regime that has been in power since 1979 in Iran they're murdering their own children their women um, it's it's really a disaster and I just pray for Iran um, one thing that didn't get a huge amount of news was that it was uh, a few days ago it was the anniversary of the Trump um, ordered assassination of Soleimani and I um, Apparently, Iranians, you know, they're, they're really they're so brave. They've been making uh, rounds of this joke that that Trump basically turned Soleimani into a cutlet, a cutlet, I think, as they say, 
um, in Persian. And it's basically like, I thought it was like a cutlet, you know, and it sort of is like a, a cutlet, like a schnitzel. And um, so they have these pictures of his face superimposed on a on a cutlet, on a schnitzel. And it's like this Persian dish, which is um, like meat and onion and potato. And it, it looks really great, actually. But anyways, um, people who have been saying like happy cutlet day have been getting arrested, including this celebrity chef um, who did a cooking class, like how to make cutlets um, for the Iranian public. So... I mean, I'm not sure what he expected to happen. It is just so awful. But it goes to show you these these young people, these Iranians, they are just so brave. Um, honestly, have no backup from the White House. There's no real adults in charge. Um, I think maybe if Trump was still president, that maybe the young people of Iran would be successful in um, in turning out and turning over this uh, barbarian um, regime, the Shia fanatics. Anyways, um, that is my opening spiel, and we're going to go into your questions and take a bunch of them. I'm going to answer as many as I can. Um, so let's start off with Eric Dale. So Eric, thank you for your question. Eric says, hey, Laura and fellow club members, long may your reign be over the Clubland Q&A. Thank you very much. Uh, I'm having my crown um, designed with some jewels. Um, Meghan Markle is lending me a tiara, just so that you know. Um, how is it that conservative office holders, especially those office holders in leadership positions, are always well to the left of conservatives in general? Here in the U.S., the rising tide of authoritarianism and endless government has given rise to Mitch McConnell, Rona McDaniel, and Kevin McCarthy for the rest of us to once more unto the breach, dear friends, for while the Brits get Rishi Sunak and Canada has who knows, why are conservative politicians so damn uninspiring? I'm a Republican and watching the GOP unable to elect a House Speaker um, is actually kind of fun because at this point I say hit the bricks to the whole lot of them. How do we get to a place where we actually vote for people we believe in again? This is this is really like something that Mark talks about a lot, you know, about how how, how to win the argument, how to win public opinion. So I, I'll, I'll just give you my take on it. I think that deep inside people, first of all, you have to be kind of a, a gross, rotten person to want to have a career in politics, like that you're picking politics for your career or it, it just shows that you you do have this intrinsic belief that like you should be leading people, you ought to be leading people. So even people who are quote on like our side, they're still gonna have that latent thing in them where they think that they should be leading, that they're doing the best thing. And a lot of them feel really impervious to criticism. But I think even with people who are like on the conservative side, there's something like really tempting about being with the popular kids. Like it, 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 it's just like a high school thing. You, you want to be with the fun people. You want to be with the people who look like they're having the best time. Like I think back to my high school experience, there literally was the popular kids table. Um, you know, they would sit there and everybody had the boyfriends and the girlfriends and they were all so glamorous. And, you know, I went to an art school that also had a gifted program and a sports program and all the cool people were at that table. And I had my friends, but like, I, I kind of felt like a loser, you know, not being part of the popular kids table, not eating lunch with them and stuff like that. And then <laughs> fortunately, my mother, God bless her, um, when I was upset about it one day said like, Laura, you know, really, you don't want to peak in high school. Now, 
and that's really true, right? But these people can't shake that wannabe popular thing. And, you know, you can see it even, I remember Mark discussing how um, people on social media were like ooing and aahing that like George W. Bush and Obama were friends with Ellen and were friends with the Clintons and like everything's cool. They all hang out together and they're like totally friends, even though they were like ostensibly um, enemies. And Mark was disgusted by it. And he was the exception. And I am with Mark on this. I don't want conservatives to be friends with these crazy kook lefties. But it seems like there's this irresistible pull towards that. Um, that's my theory. Um, as for this business of the Speaker of the House, it's really pathetic. Um, but I wonder if maybe McCarthy took a, a cue card, maybe even from like Naftali Bennett in Israel, who like got six seats and ended up being the prime minister and governing this motley crew of horrible people and terrorist supporters. He only had six mandates and ended up prime minister. So maybe Kevin McCarthy is like, hey, I don't care. I'm not going anywhere. So I don't know. I'm not sure if this Freedom Caucus has gotten any concessions, but basically it seems like Republicans like losing. They like being losers, losey, loser, losers. And I don't think that they have the gumption or this crew anyways to like kick the communists and the cuckoos in the you know what. So that is my answer. <laughs> not, not a very bright and cheery, fluffy bunny one like Mark would say. But that's it. Let's move along. Um, Gregory Lawton. Yes. So the Canada College of Psychologists, it's actually Ontario, wants to look into pulling Dr. Jordan Peterson's license because they don't approve of his views. What is going on up north? Canada has just gone crazy and glad to have you back. Thank you very much. Um, it is really nice to be back. Canada has not just gone crazy. It's been crazy for a very long time. And I think somebody might have pointed out in the comments quite rightly that the decline of Canada uh, probably started with uh, Justin Trudeau's father, Pierre Trudeau. Um, and somebody rightly commented on his decadence. Um, Pierre Trudeau was just a, an awful guy as well. Um, disrespectful of authority, disrespectful of Queen Elizabeth at the time, just a scornful, petty, awful guy. And um, flaming, perhaps maybe bisexual, we're not sure, but um, just not not a good good person. And so the moral decline, I think, probably did start with with Trudeau. Anyways, for those of you who haven't heard what's what's going on, um, Dr. Jordan Peterson uh, put on Twitter, he said that he had gotten some kind of a correspondence from the Ontario College of Psychologists. So I don't know how it works elsewhere in North America with regulatory bodies for uh, medical professions and paramedical professions. But here, um, most of these um, professions have a regulatory body and you you have a membership number and you pay your dues. It, it must be relatively similar. And um, so Jordan Peterson was a full-time academic at the University of Toronto and then everything blew up for him because of his YouTube videos and he stated that he was not going to use people's preferred pronouns, etc. And he started to upload his videos and that's when he kind of started to go viral. Um, and actually, if you, got, if you guys want to see Jordan Peterson's nascent um, fame on this, you, you should actually check back to um, an interview that Mark did with um, Jordan Peterson, I believe it was in 2016, um, on the original Mark Stein show. It's really good. I suggest that you pull it up. And um, anyways, the College of Psychologists of Ontario has 
written to him that they really didn't appreciate his mean tweets about um, Justin Trudeau. And also they didn't really appreciate that he was um, saying nice things about the leader of the Canadian Conservative Party, Pierre Polyev. So they are instructing him that he must go through um, some of their social media online, um, like courtesy training, basically to like make sure that he speaks the way they would like him to speak, not speak badly about the black-faced mammy singer prime minister hairdo anymore. So they want to control his speech and control his thoughts. And um, he is not having any of it. And um, I'll plug myself for one moment. I did write about this um, just this morning, uh, uh, an article that I wrote is in the American Spectator, if you want to look at it. And it's basically my thought is like, who thought that this was a good idea? Um, Jordan Peterson, for for his, all his strengths and any of his weaknesses, is, is really a, a tremendous um, a debater. And he shuts down stupid arguments very quickly and very effectively whoever these Ontario Psychology Association people are who thought it would be a good idea to take him on, it is so dumb. I just think it's going to be a colossal flop. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, but the main thing is, is that they picked a big target. I think that they've really uh, picked too big a target. I think this is going to be a colossal flop. But, you know, it's meant to be a warning. Like, don't say bad things about our beautiful prime minister um, don't say hurty mean things about him and don't be a conservative and don't have your own opinions. And if you do think that you can have your own opinions, we are going to yank your professional license. We're going to take away your credentials and we are going to just screw you over this way. So for Jordan Peterson, obviously him individually, he has enough money now. I think he's probably getting into somewhere in the range of FU money. Um, but regular people are going to take a look and they're going to be like, oh, okay, I guess I better need to shut up. So they're using him to make a lesson out of him, but he's not going to comply. So my personal feeling is that this is going to go very badly um, for for the college. And I think it's going to hopefully the sunshine that this has been getting um, will actually increase freedoms in Canada rather than decrease. And it's not because it's the right thing to do to, to let people let, to have people have their freedom of speech. Uh, something again, that's not enshrined in the Canadian constitution or bill of rights. Let me just take a little bit of water. Um, Canadians unfortunately don't have anything remotely resembling the uh, primacy of the American constitution and the, the first amendment. Don't wave your constitution. Don't wave your constitution. I'm not waving the constitution, Mark. But I am saying we don't have a First Amendment. So that's kind of where it's at. Um, you know, shots have been fired and we'll see how this plays out. I I just think it's going to go badly for the for the College of uh, Psychologists. But, you know, we'll, we'll wait and see what happens. Um, so that is your Canadian content. We've had some American content. Uh, Jamie had another question. So that's a G Jordan Peterson <coughs> question. I think we're good about that. Oh, another Jordan Peterson. Uh, Jacob also put a note in. One thing that occurs to me after your comparison to Stein and Levant is how dangerous it is for the censors when they go after someone with the will and the platform to fight back. Yeah, um, have the censors met their match? I, I think they probably have. Um, 
Jordan Peterson just dumped the whole trove of documents onto Twitter uh, a few hours ago. So I'm going to take a have I'm going to take a look at those and see. There's probably some really good nuggets. Uh, for me, honestly, the funniest thing, and I guess you could call me a bitchy person, I suppose. But anyways, the two names I wanted to see. Um, you know who was going to be doing this like uh, indoctrination training for for the great Dr. Peterson. And I clicked on who the experts were, and I won't uh, give away the whole thing, but needless to say, my opinion is that they really stepped out of central casting. Um, I used a word to describe these two characters who are supposed to do the training for the college. Um, <laughs> my description got edited down into something like way more polite. Um, but uh, yeah, anyways, my, mine was more colorful. I think it was funnier, but uh, I defer to the politeness of the spectator. And uh, but definitely out of central casting. And uh, so, you know, on that level as well, I don't think it'll go well. I mean, it's like it's like a Babylon Bee onion kind of thing. You can't you just you can't write weirder, stupider stuff. Uh, let's see. Ooh, ooh, OK, Ian. Hi, Laura. You may have noticed here uh, that here in the UK, our media is a tiny bit obsessed with Prince Harry. He's just written a terrible book with all sorts of self-pity on display. Yes, an irrelevance, but it reminds us uh, of what the royal family are really like. What with King's Char King Charles's climate obsession also, should those of us who still call ourselves traditionalists even support the monarchy anymore? Ian. Well, <laughs> I'm glad you brought up uh, Prince Harry and his new tell-all book, Spare. Now, it's really important that we pay attention to Meghan and Harry's request for privacy, okay? Because their Netflix documentary is a privacy documentary, okay, you dumbheads? And the tell-all book is a private tell-all book, okay, you dumb peasants? Um, they're ghastly people. Now, I will admit, I used to really like Harry. When Harry was the crazy party boy, I mean, I even forgave him for the Nazi uh, party costume, which I think is so stupid. And did you guys see that now he's blaming Kate and William for making him wear a Nazi costume? Like, oopsie, this Nazi costume just fell on me and it's their fault. Um, and then he accuses them of fighting with them and ripping off his necklace. Okay, necklace. Um, and that when things were bad, he called his therapist before he even called his beautiful wife. Look, um, these are deeply narcissistic, unhappy people. They're like a bottomless pit. Nothing is going to make them happy. I do feel sorry for Harry. I mean, yes, the trauma of losing his mother, etc. However, you know, lots of people have lost parents and lived under brutal, horrible situations. I mean, he's not a freaking Yazidi, okay? He's not uh, like a child laborer in the Congo. Um, so I appreciate that. But I think that the damage that the Netflix series and the book has done uh, to the personal relationships with his family is, is irreparable. And I think he's putting too many eggs into the Megan basket. I think he's been completely emasculated, so he'll be a redheaded, formerly royal, you know, eunuch. Um, and as he becomes more depressed and more emasculated than anybody even thought possible, she could end up kicking his 
royal princely no necklace um, self to the curb uh, like she's a climber right so I think it's a very bad thing and unfortunately he doesn't seem to have anybody or he's been isolated from anybody who could either try to talk sense into him or be a supportive person um I think King Charles is handling this with as much dignity and grace as, as possible. I'm sure it's very difficult for him, but hopefully he's taken a page from his late mother and doing the stiff upper lip and doing his duties um, without stepping into this quagmire. <clears throat> I think the provocations are going to still be becoming from Harry and Meghan, again, because they have this in it's 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 a bottomless hole, a bottomless pit of um, victimhood, uh, etc. So the problem is that they don't really have much more to dish out, I don't think. I mean, I heard that she's going to write a memoir also, but people are going to get really bored of this. And in fact, I don't know if anybody's noticed, but they have been losing the left-wing American media. Like, American media is turning on them, so if they have anybody in their camp who has a pulse on this stuff, they should probably um, notice that. So I think, I mean... I think that, yes, uh, one should still support the monarchy. I think King Charles, it's it's early in the game. Uh, he is a climate kook, but so far, like, he's been doing things that seem to be okay, sort of dignified. And, um, yeah, I saw this, um, a video of him dancing the horror at, like, a Hanukkah party with some Holocaust survivors, and it was the day that something was released, some bombshell from Harry and Meghan. And he was just like, <coughs> whatever, I'm dancing the horror. I'm living my life, YOLO. And so I was impressed by that. I mean, I'm not a huge fan of King Charles, but I thought that was good. And that's probably the right way to go. Um, let us see what we have here as well. Um, there's a question about Israeli politics from Andy. Uh, can you help me make sense of Israeli politics? The number of political lives Bibi seems to have is incredible. Even Boris Johnson couldn't pull that off. Yeah. I mean, the thing about Bibi is I definitely... Uh, I am a fan, although I don't think he handled the corona and vaccine situation in Israel very well. They they really lost the plot there as well. But he is a patriot. He is a war hero. He is a brave guy. He was a fighter and deeply, deeply committed, um, as were his late brother Yoni, who died in the Entebbe raid, and his father um, was a very well-known academic who wrote wonderful books about Jewish history. This is a family and a, and a man who is deeply devoted to the Jewish people. So that's where I think he wins people over. Um, he is very good on, um, on the economy. He freed Israel from a lot of the socialist quagmire. And, um, and look what he pulled off with the Abraham Accords. So I think there's lots, He's he's got a massive ego, obviously, but I do think he will earn his place as being um, a guardian of Israel. And that's why people uh, keep electing him. Israel's in a terrible neighborhood for the most part. Now that's that's changing a bit um, with these partnerships with, uh, you know, Shia, <coughs> sorry, uh, Sunni countries. It's very interesting stuff. And before Bibi was reelected this time, um, I did watch an interview with him. I think I can't remember who it was with. I may have put it into the links um, at predicting that he was going to make peace with Saudi Arabia. Now, that would be, again, that's not just a game changer for Israel, but that's a game changer for the whole world. And it would be a wonderful thing, um, because if you think about it, 
like again it's i don't think saudi arabians love israel no it's not that i mean they both are uh just on iran's hit list but now in the world if you think about it the the triad the trifecta of awful evil is like um russia china and iran like even turkey is calming down you know so if Israel makes peace with Saudi Arabia, that is going to be a game changer, like for the whole region and for the whole world. Um, so I think we should be supporting that, we, um, especially in the absence, like I've said, of any adult responsible leadership in the White House. I mean, Biden is like a fan of the mullahs in Iran. Sorry, I just need another sip of water here, getting all excited about Bibi because he's so hot. Yeah, so that's excuse me, that's Israel. Let's see. Oh, here's a good one. You guys. So you know how the Jews, Jews, the Jews, we are all powerful. So M.O. has a question. I heard Israel is using trained cattle to spy, eavesdrop, and destroy Palestinian crops. What's the scoop? <coughs> so this is so funny. I mean, if you guys, um, I don't know if you follow memory the memory institute either on twitter or like their website so it's a bunch of jews 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 who um you know can converse and read and write in all these languages so it's a research institute and they translate all these clips of these crazy imams and mullahs and all these anti-semitic jerkoffs and um every once in a while the best stuff comes from the palestinians so apparently the mossad in their infinite wisdom have like trained um, secret spy cows to like go and eat grass as if like they're not really eating grass they're just spying on Palestinians um, they also the cows have these other secret agents who work with them that are Israeli trained rats and the rats um, cause Palestinian infertility so the cow story is a new one there was like the Zionist sharks a few years ago if you guys remember um, it's really weird. It's be like the dichotomy between these things. So it's like Jews are all powerful. You know, they control the weather, the banks, um, politicians, Hollywood, ped pedophiles, etc. And then on the other hand, Jews are like rats and little people and we must smush them. Like they kind of always want it both ways. It's like Iran, you know, with the Holocaust, they're like, the Holocaust never happened. Uh, but we would like to do another Holocaust. Okay, so just, you know what, crazy Jew haters, just pick your lane. Like, if it, if it wasn't pathetic, and if I didn't take the Iranians seriously, like the leadership when they say, we want to nuke you and kill all your children and drink your blood, like, they're, they're telling the truth. But like, if it wasn't so pathetic and sort of scary and mental, then it's comical. Like, you know, you have to think about it. Jews are a real minority of the population in the world, but anti-Semitism is this obsessive thing. And like we live in their heads, we live in their sandwiches. And at a certain point, don't you want to grow up? Don't you want to have a life? Don't you want to just like not hate people for a living? So yeah, like anti-Semitism, whether it's these kooky comments about Zionist Mossad cows or Kanye type of stuff, like, it's really pathetic, actually. I know that a lot of left-wing Jews are like, oh, we got to shut them down, and we got to censor them, and we got to tell them. And, oh, and the best thing is this comedian, this Jewish comedian is like, the worst thing to do is, like, they send them, the ADL wants to send all these Jew haters, like, to Auschwitz for a tour. He's like, 
why do you think that's a good idea, you dum-dums? They're going to get ideas there. Like, yes, it is so stupid. So be a Jew hater. I don't really care. We're going to outlast you. We outlast a lot of people. And go be a Jew hater because it is a poison of the soul. Never seen a happy one. Never seen a joyful one. So you anti-Semitic people, just you go be you. And uh, we'll continue to be us. Uh, me and the Zionist cows will be having Shabbat dinner tonight later. Okay, what else we got here? Um, Sean, this is, this is a good question. Um, why did the stuff about COVID vaccines and masks correspond predominantly along left or right political lines? So the thing is, um, I think it depended on what country people were in. And like in Canada the pushed for freedoms was more on the conservative side of things. And it was definitely like the liberals and the left wing who were much more into all the COVID um, fanaticism and tyranny. Um, but Sweden is a lefty socialist place. So we can't really say for sure that it was a lefty thing. And as well um, in Israel, it was not a left and right thing either, because although the COVID stuff started under the right wing government of Bibi, when the left-wing government um, took over, like a few months into COVID, they were just as crazy. So I think the paradigm to think of it is actually, just like Marx says uh, often, that left and right is relatively meaningless now. And especially if you see all this uniparty uni garbage that goes on everywhere around the world, like uniparty America, uniparty Canada, um, uniparty UK, like there, you can't really articulate the difference between left and right anymore. It's just this like, I call it the the evil blob, um, and then there's like the freedom people. So Marx's uh, idea is that it's a free or unfree thing, uh, like it's a liberty or tyranny thing. And I think that that's where we're at. Like it's either either you want to be free and have the government involved as little as possible in your life and in your family's face and in your health, or <clears throat> or you're cool with people making decisions for you, surrendering your freedoms and liberty for this anesthetic drip of um, money and free, allegedly free healthcare, free this, free that, but you're surrendering liberty. So yeah, I don't think it's um, left or right on the vaccines um, or on anything. And I think that we're going to have to figure out new new ways to describe um our feelings about things, not in left or right terms. And uh, people are going to be reorienting themselves and are going to be finding new tribes. Uh, COVID was like a litmus test um, in so many ways for people's friendships, families, employers, um, politics, schooling. It, uh, it really shine. It was like a, uh, like a spotlight on, on this free, unfree thing. I hope that uh, answers you a bit. Uh, let's see. <clears throat> I'm going to take Carla. Carla wrote, hi, Laura, curious process question. If you'll indulge me, how do you go about finding all your links? Do you rely mostly on Twitter or do you read a bajillion different sites a day to curate the links you so lovingly serve up? Well, thank you for that question. I think I have actually discussed that before. It's just that everybody has their strengths and weaknesses, things that they do well. 
Um, and my thing is that I'm a very fast reader. I'm really lucky. I love reading um, books and articles, blah, blah, blah. So I think I just have the need for speed. Um, sometimes people send me things, but most often I, I definitely think that Twitter is like the best aggregator for news. I know people have told me they hate it. I happen to love it. I love it even more now that Elon Musk has taken over. Um, I think I'm still like shadow banned and whatever banned on it. <clears throat> but I do try to follow like left and right wing commentators. Um, I try to follow people that I really disagree with as well as people that I agree with. And it's just interesting to see what people retweet. That's like a big thing. So I'm always seeing things that otherwise I wouldn't have noticed before. Um, so that's a good news aggregator. And um, yeah, that's about it. Uh, let's see. Robert Fox has said, Hey, Laura, I think both you and Lawton do a great job of guest hosting for Mark. As much as I love listening to Mark, it's also a nice change when you and Andrew sit in. Well, thank you very much. Like trying a different dish at a favorite restaurant in Samoa. That is lovely. Thank you very much. Um, anyway, here in the bleak depths of winter in North America sits the backdrop of the tedious drama behind the U.S. speaker. Oh, yeah, we talked about that a little bit. Um along with the, the, the sorry along with everything else the that surrounds us such as covid mania how do you personally keep from falling into despair i'm tired of getting up day after day the same rubbish that we've all put up with i know you work very hard taking care of your family which in itself must provide a distraction from the everyday garbage that swirls around our culture yes so <clears throat> i mean i think if you are a person of faith then it's much harder to fall into moods of despair um in general and uh, I think also if you have kids, you know, you have skin in the game, so you still want things to be better or you want your immediate situation to be good and peaceful, uh, etc. Um, and the other thing is, yes, yeah, so taking care of a family, obviously that's like a big thing. You want to take as uh, good care of your closest people as you can. Um, one thing I think that is very helpful is that the Jewish people or people who are like religiously orthodox um, have the sabbath so from friday night to saturday night uh, like sundown to sundown and we don't use electronics or electricity so no phone no tv no computer no netflix no nothing and it's all about being disconnected from those distractions and focusing on god and focusing on family and having meals together and having conversations around the table and so I would say that probably just generally people get like overstimulated and in the news business, there's the adage, if it bleeds, it leads, right? So the, gro the, the grotesque, awful, yucky stories are going to be the headlines and they're going to be the clickbait. Um, so and for anybody who's feeling overwhelmed, like the, the kids nowadays, as I call them, because I'm like getting old, they have this thing and they say, go touch grass, go touch grass. <laughs> it's really funny. It basically means like, chill chill out like put your phone down shut the damn computer off and go out into your garden and touch the grass calm down go out into nature like online news broadcast cable news that it's real life but it's really not so the more you can disconnect from fake stuff and the more you can get into the realm of real stuff i think the better off you are and that would include, you know, not reading stuff on a computer, like going back to books 
and handling books, going to the library, looking at what you want to take out. I find that very relaxing and therapeutic. Um, I also like baking, but I don't like eating too much of the baked goods. Uh, I hope that answers your question slash comments, Robert. Uh, let us see what else we have here. Um, <clears throat> Walt Trimmer. Walt says, does anyone besides me think that it's ironic that Europe is being bailed out from freezing in the dark over their Ukraine Nord Stream fiasco by a warmer than average winter? <laughs> that's, that's, look at, uh, there's this expression in Yiddish, but I think every culture has one. It's like, man plans and God laughs. So I think this is, it is, it is kind of funny, ironic. Um, this whole Ukraine thing is absolutely insane. Like, I know that there's reasons for it uh, because as Mark's uh, GB News colleague, Neil Oliver says, if something's happening, it's because the people in charge want it to be happening. That's it. It's a simple explanation. So why are gazillions and trillions and bazillion millions being sent to Ukraine, like of all places, why? Why did this become the most important thing in the whole freaking world? Like, why? Um, and it's because some people want this to be happening. So I hope that we're at the end of the Ukraine phenomenon. I mean, really, it's just like, why did COVID become such a worldwide, crazy, obsessive, stupid thing, this respiratory virus? Um, because people wanted it to be that way. There were people who had vested interests in it. Um, I think that it is a good thing that people are not freezing. Um, obviously, uh, look at the situation in Europe. This was, uh, this was a poser move. Let's freeze our citizens. It's worth it for Ukraine. Um, what, what are you talking about? Um, you know, and I'm sure in a number of years, we're going to find out where lots of the money went and it's not going to be a pretty picture, but unfortunately, um, America has turned into a place that, uh, how can we best describe it? I mean, it's, it's not that it's lawless. It's just that it is, the laws are only for the little people. So th this is going to continue. There's going to be a lot more disgusting and egregious stuff happening. A lot more of American taxpayers' money is going to be completely wasted. I don't know where they think they're going to get the money from. They're going to print it. Um, this is, it's really bad stuff. And my chief worry is that um, even if somebody like DeSantis, I, I don't think Trump's going to win another election. That's my prediction. But uh, let's say even Ron DeSantis becomes the next president. Like, I, I'm not even sure that a Republican can actually win, um, not because there aren't people who wouldn't want it, but because the electoral system is so corrupt and it is so bad and it has not been fixed yet. So I'm not sure if the left will allow a Republican ever <laughs> to be the president again. I think that's the main worry that I have. So yes, irony, the cruelest mistress. Um, Europe is screwed no matter what. I mean, between their demographic situation, the Islamic terrorism situation, the godlessness, um, the refugees, like it, it, it's really, it's, it's just not the same place as it was. Um, Paris is a dump. Like it's, a lot of European cities are just too dangerous to go walking around in. Uh, not Eastern Europe. I think Eastern Europe is mostly pretty good still. Um, so that's that's Europe. Uh, it's not a, not a great situation. Um, thank you, Walt, for that 
Gary, 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 um, any predictions coming up from the World Economic Forum next week? Should I invest in cricket farms now? <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't seen much of Klaus. Klaus has not been really in the news too much. Um, the last thing I saw about the World Economic Forum was like this really, oh God, I can't remember what it was. It was some really kooky for, oh, it's like about microchipping you or brain control. And they were like, this is a good thing. That was the last like weird thing. So um, if I see exactly what the next plan is that they have for us, I will definitely uh, include it maybe in the next set of links. I haven't seen anything specific. Um, I would say just be very wary of whatever they are planning. They got lots of plans. Um, and then there's that goofball, um, awful, like demonic Yuval, what's his name? Yuval Noel Harari. So, like, I'm so embarrassed that this guy is Israeli. I'm so embarrassed that he's Jewish. It's like, ugh, anti-human psychopath. So watch out. If he says anything, that's what they're planning. Uh, thanks, Gary. Do do do. Let's see. Um, Fran. Hey, Fran. Fran says, <laughs> mom, is that you? Mom? Mom? No, it's Fran. Uh, it's, <laughs> I'll tell you why. It's always terrific to hear your voice, Laura, especially comforting to know you and Andrew are watching the Steingates while Mark is healing. I haven't heard anything lately about Julian Assange. Do I have any new information you can share? Thanks and happy new year to you and your family. Um, no, I ha I don't. Um, I remember seeing, I think it might've been on New Year's that I saw his siblings posting some stuff on Twitter. Um, oh, and then there was also that the Swedes, um, dropped their, the charges of what was it rape against him? Um, obviously I think that that was just trumped up and really scary. Uh, it's like out of their playbook. Like if you can't nail somebody for something, you nail them with like sexual assault or whatever. So this dragged out, I think, what was it for 10 years? I, I haven't been following it too closely, but um, obviously I'm on side with um, with what Mark has done in the past um, for the Assange fa uh, family, and um, it, it, this is it's just absolutely disgusting. And again, it it makes me sick what the what America has turned into. It, it breaks my heart actually that America has turned into this thugocracy, uh, so corrupt, and it's it's very uh, very disappointing. And I I can't really see the improvement because I think so many of the institutions are captured and if you guys want like details about it you just have to look at the twitter files to see how deep the corruption goes all the alphabet all the three letter organizations should just be like raised to the ground I'm just gonna get some water here and we'll move on we have around um, 20 minutes left so th thanks for all these really good questions um, Simon Arnold asks hi Laura did the royal family die when the late queen died? <clears throat> so, like, I think I think the jury's still out on that, Simon. Um, I, like I said before, I've never been a huge fan of um, King Charles. I think he's like a wacky, you know, environmental cuckoo person. However, I believe he is showing uh, certain grace and dignity and maybe in this old age of his like now he's finally the king like the guy the guy was waiting I I was thinking like maybe that he would never be king that like Queen Elizabeth would just <laughs> bury uh King Charles but I think he's been doing a pretty good job so far especially under these circumstances with all the provocations from from his son um from these creatures um Harry and Meghan so I I don't think it's 
I don't think the royal family died, but I think um, a certain elan, a certain uh, dignity, a certain, um, uh, I don't really know exactly how to describe it, but so something died with Queen Elizabeth. And I think that's what everybody felt, the, the something, like end of an era, end of that kind of majestic, graceful, uh, appropriate uh, leadership. Um, that did die with Queen Elizabeth. There's no question about it. So I think we have to just wait and see um, how how this plays out. Uh, I, I'm not sure. She's a tough act to follow, but maybe Charles, King Charles will want that to be his legacy, that he rose to the occasion. Um, so we'll see. We'll have to keep our eye on that. Um, Maggie from PA wrote, we live in their sandwiches. What a great line. Thank you. You're welcome to use that. <laughs> Maggie, if anybody's just uh, popping in right now, I was talking about anti-Semites and how Jews, according to them, live in their sandwiches. Uh, really, I just, I mean, I just have no time for this. Like, if you want to hate Jews, whatever, honestly, we are going to outlive and outsurvive. So fine, you go be you. <clears throat> Let's see what we've got. JB. JB says, um, to follow up on Eric's point, Paul Krugman, you, you, oh God, you read the New York Times. Blah. Okay. Paul Krugman's column today in the New York Times is all about how cool it is that the House Republicans are in a dither. But he hastens to add that it isn't really all about Republicans being humiliated because Democrats are way more principled than that or something. He obviously knows a different set of Democrats than I do. Um, yeah, so this is, I think all theatrics um, and it certainly is not embarrassing that there is like, it, it's embarrassing for Kevin McCarthy that he is um, putting himself through this exercise. Like, it's like, dude, nobody likes you really. Um, this is going to be your legacy. You, you know, that you were voted down like 12 times, even if he cobbles together the votes and the freedom caucus start to crumble. It, it it's, it's pathetic. Like it, it looks pathetic, but the embarrassing thing is not the process. The embarrassing thing is the state of the union. Americans, like, I can't tell you. I, I'm heartbroken. America, you guys have to smarten up. You have to get rid of the communists that have infiltrated every everything in your country. Um, they're everywhere. You have to get out of cities and democratic-run hellholes and be prepared for a more de facto national divorce. Like, it is heartbreaking that America is not the leader of the world slash the policeman, slash the moral guidance. It's hard for me even to articulate it. Like, it just makes me so upset. And I know, like, God bless her, if Kathy Shadel was alive, we would have discussed this often about how we have this, like, we're Canadians. We shouldn't have this deep-seated feeling. But, like, I get very emotional about these things. Like, you know, when I visited New York, um, where the Twin Towers were, like, I, I, I was emotional. Like, it, it, it touches my soul that that evil was done to America. When I think about, you know, Americans who fought, when I see pictures of like the remaining World War II vets and going on these um, honor flights, like I am completely emotionally a mess. Like if it weren't for the American participation in Second World War, like I probably, you know, I wouldn't necessarily be here. Like, so it's very upsetting. So the, the stuff that's going on now is the theatrics and it's a distraction for these loser Republicans who have no balls and 
they don't want to fight. They just like to, they're just posers. So um, I think that the embarrassing thing is is that you have this beautiful country. The, you, America is a beautiful place. You have this incredible constitution. You have it is incredible. You have the founding fathers who birthed these incredible ideas. Uh, I mean, men of such greatness who are your forefathers, and it is all being laid to ruin. It is terrible. So that's the embarrassing thing. That's the awful thing. Um, and I think that more Americans have to see that stuff like what's happening right now, that's a distraction. Um, let's see. I, did, I hope that wasn't like super too depressing. Um, but yeah, I, I, I will try to um, articulate a little bit more uh, feelings about like America because uh, it's complicated, you know. Um, let's see now. We've got Gabe. <clears throat> Gabe says, I enjoy in Laura's links the occasional photos and references to Jewish holiday food. Every Jew I know only pretends to like matzah, I think. Am I right? <laughs> That's so, yeah, I like, I'm a very Jewy person, obviously, Jewy, Jewy, Jewy. And I try to give in the links things that are of interest to me, like, as a Jewish person, one of my identities, you know, and not to overdo it, or should I say overdo it. Um, but I feel like, uh, I, like I live in sort of a Jewish bubble. Uh, a lot of people have never met a real live Jew before. So I try to give a little bit of information about holidays, about food and religion. And, um, you know, the older I get, the more wisdom I see in the Jewish tradition. Specifically, that's the one I know best. I'm not, uh, dissing anybody else. Um, but things, concepts like the Jewish approach to the Sabbath, um, even its approach to mourning and to children, education. So I, I'm not trying to proselytize or anything like that. I just feel like there's a lot of wisdom there. So I hope that it's coming through that way. Um, and I think some of the stuff uh, is just general wisdom that helps a lot of people, um, cause time tested and it's about human nature. Um, as for matzah, um, it's really good like the first day and then afterwards you're kind of sick of it. But because my husband is of Sephardi extraction at Passover, we actually can eat rice, which is normally for forbidden to Jews of Ashkenazi descent. So if you have rice, Passover is really not a huge deal. Um, this is a very esoteric food, Jewish food issue. If anybody wants more info feel free to send an email and I can give you the down low. Um, but yes, matzah is, it's, it's okay for like a day or so. Um, yes. Thank you, Gabe, for that question. Um, Alex O uh, writes, yes, I saw this. Alex, I know what you're talking about. <clears throat> Just saw this on Twitter. Israel Today, a 34-year-old male collapsed and died within an hour of receiving his fifth booster shot while at the clinic, which administered the shot, response from health officials, unknown if this is related to the vaccine. I saw that, and I was really upset by that. Um, I, like I said, I think Israel lost the plot with the vaccines. I, I do think what happened is that I think that they were probably oversold to Bibi. I'm not making excuses. I'm just, I just feel that that's what happened. And that Pfizer insisted on all the secret agreements. And then this crazy idea of boosters 
Uh, I think it originated in Israel. And again, it's just, it's so stupid and crazy. And it just want, makes me wonder if like, if there's a payoff somewhere. And we know now that a lot of safety signals were being ignored that were being seen in Israel, <clears throat> whether it was like about myocarditis, menstrual irregularities and stuff like that. And there are some fearless reporters um, and investigative journalists in Israel who are trying to find out more information and they can't get it from the Ministry of Health. They're saying, oh, no, we can't find those documents. We can't find the contracts. And yeah, so there's the story of somebody getting a fifth booster. Now, like the population in Israel is very, um, I don't want to say compliant because they're very opinionated and can be very bossy and aggressive. But there is a deference to authority because most Israelis have served in the army and you have to have a chain of command and deference to authority to have a, a civilian, um, you know, a people's army work. So people trusted the government. They, they didn't feel like they had any real reason not to trust the government. And, and I think people got duped and I think people were terrified. So they keep putting this stuff into them and... It, as far as I can see, and I'm, I'm not a scientist, but it it seems to me that it's clear that the more of this product that you put into yourself, the worse off you are going to be. Um, so uh, I think I've mentioned before, I did get two uh, doses of this garbage product, um, certainly under coercion, was not interested in getting it, but the circumstances were uh, ag becoming actually intolerable for me. And for my family, um, I drew the line at my special needs son. That was going to be the hill that I would die on uh, because he's extremely sensitive to drugs. And if something happened to him, he wouldn't be able to tell me he's nonverbal, etc. Wouldn't know if he had a side effect. And I think um, I think a lot of people were sold on the two dose or coerced into it. This booster idea is is just awful. And there's all kinds of studies coming out about how bad it is and Look at it's terrifically upsetting. Um, I again, not a scientist, right? But it seems that the more doses you get of this, the more vulnerable it makes you, not just to COVID, but to all kinds of other terrible medical things. Um, so you know, I'm not an anti-vaxxer. I hate that term, anyways. Um, always got regular vaccines, but I don't even think we can call this a vaccine. It's it's like a product that was oversold. Um, under-researched, we don't know long-term effects, and people are going to continue to drop dead of unexplained reasons because we don't have enough information. Uh, I, you know, a lot of people get in trouble for making Holocaust comparisons, but like in the COVID era, I, I really think that it is appropriate to make the comparison. Um, and, you know, I just learned the other day that the Germans, the Nazis had a health pass of sorts as well. I can't remember the German term for it. But this kind of totalitarianism, and for what? Like against a virus. So it, it, I believe that there's, there was just a real convergence of terribly dark um, elements. Uh, and it was profitable to a lot of people. And a lot of people got really drunk on power. And it's very dark. Um, you know, Naomi Wolf has written extensively about the uh, evil anti-human nature of all of this. And I think she's really on the money. Too many things were too evil and sadistic and cruel. And the vaccines are just like one part of this, but uh, I'm never going near that kind of crap again. Uh, 
and I think we're just going to keep hearing more, more bad stuff. So uh, even in the beginning, I was like, you know, I don't even care if this helps people. I just hope that this stuff doesn't hurt people. And unfortunately, I think it's hurt and will continue to hurt a lot of people. Um, sorry, Downer. That was Debbie Downer. <clears throat> uh, we have uh, about five more minutes. And so quickly, we'll take the last couple. Oh, increase volume. Sorry, guys. I uh, am going to increase volume. I hope this is a little clear. I, I, next time that happens, just seriously shoot me like an email to let me know. I have a, I'm, I'm a low tech person on a high tech uh, system. So thank you for that. And I will definitely uh, make note of that for future. Um, let's see. Okay. I'm going to try to do the last few really quickly. So happy insurrection day from Pat Patriot Patty. Ashley Babbitt's mother was arrested for jaywalking. Oh my God. Okay. That's terrible. Um, we don't really have time to discuss it, but obviously that's disgusting. And I, I think that they were all treated very badly. And that's definitely one thing that I think is, uh, really looks terrible on Trump that he didn't do more for the January 6th people. Uh, I think most of them are still rotting in jail, but isn't one of them running for Congress or something? I saw something about that earlier. Um, Patriot Patty, that is just disgraceful and sickening. Uh, but not surprising. Robert Stewart. Um, so we've I dealt with the volume. Sorry that it's so late in the game, Robert and everyone. Um, we talked about the election of the speaker and baffled by developments in Canada. Yes, Trudeau is simply a tyrant. He doesn't need brown shirts. Uh, that is correct. Uh, I, I discussed it a little bit before. I think, you know, we know that Trudeau admires China. We know that he's uh, very prickly. We know that he's not super bright, but he loves power. Uh, he's a terrible person, a terrible guy. And um, what else is there to say? I mean, Canadians elected this idiot. Uh, it's a minority government, but he solidified his power, you know, in, in conjunction with the left wing. And we're going to have to suffer this out. So you get what you vote for, right? Uh, and unfortunately, that's where we're at. Uh, and like I said, the only thing that really seems to make him um, relent is um, international media coverage where he looks stupid. And then, then he gets really embarrassed. But Canadian media, media don't touch him because they've been bought off. <clears throat> so kind of a disaster. I don't really have anything optimistic to say about it. Um, hopefully we'll have some conservatives in the future, but I don't think even that'll make such a big difference because a lot of Canadians are just anesthetized themselves. Um, okay, we're going to take... this is. I think this will be the last question. And um, if you have any other comments... You can always leave a comment and we'll try to come back to it at another time or I'll see if I can pop into the comments maybe uh, early in the week and see what you guys have to say. So George Pereira, oh, I'm going to mangle your last name, sorry. George Pereira, Pereira? I'm going to just say George, <laughs> I'm getting tired. Um, Laura, it was disappointing to read of the brief that a person can read for suggesting a list of books to read. And if I were to suggest 20 books or authors that I like, okay, so basically what happened was this guy, Lex Friedman, Friedman, he has a podcast and he made a list in the new year of books that he wanted to read. And some of them were classics. Some of them were whatever. Anyways, he got like completely dumped on uh, by the internet for including books. People were like, oh, you never read this. Oh, you never read that. People were just like completely awful. And I think it's just awful to dump on somebody for talking about reading. Like, do, do you know enough people who read? Like, people need to read books. That's where the good stuff is. 
the good stuff is in books. So, you know, everybody should go to the library. If you don't have a library card, just do that. Like, honestly, you'll feel so much better with a library card, taking a stack of books, even if you're just looking at pictures, like, or recipes or architecture or travel, like just everybody needs to open their mind. So George is, has listed a number of good books. Oh, sorry about that guys. Um, and, um, you know, maybe we should have like a little mini book club within the comments. I think that would actually be a great idea. So I'm going to, what I will do, George is, um, I'm going to make a note of those book suggestions and, you know what, other people, if you guys have suggestions about books that you would like to read as well, um, you know, you can feel free to pop them in the comments and maybe we can have like a little, I don't know, a little back and forth about it. Uh, okay, guys, I think that is about all the time that we have uh, for our live Q&A today. So I am going to leave you and it really was an honor and a pleasure. Again, best wishes to Mark and his healing um your prayers guys really important good deeds send that energy mark's way give charity do nice things be kind to one another and we will see you the next time thanks for joining us and take care happy new year Mark Stein's Clubland Q&A is a production of Mark Stein Enterprises and Oak Hill Media. All rights reserved.